You like the white meat or the dark meat? Dark meat. Dark meat, how come? Yeah, it does. So what? What? Oh yeah, that's right. They should make white part of the turkey. Sorry. <laughs> they should create turkeys that only has dark meat. Since we get rid of white folks anyway, <laughs> might as well get rid of white turkey. Amazing. Are we ready yet? They were rushing me and now they late. What did you do for Thanksgiving? We enjoyed it. Huh? What did you do for Thanksgiving? Not a lot. Yeah, just took it slow. Little Joel. Right. Hey, hey, Sean, <laughs> He was looking for you early, all over the building. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 30 seconds, Jesse. To him? You're alive, Jesse. You're alive, Jesse. How? Is that your brother? Oh, you beat him up sometimes? You're alive. No. I'm live? Yes. Good morning. I'm live. Welcome to the fellowship. I'm Jesse Peterson. You can get involved by call, uh, going to our chat line on the YouTube channel and get, we'll get to your question. Hey, we'll pass them on to me. All right. Um, what else? I hope you had a good. Thanksgiving weekend. And good morning, y'all. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah? Yes, sir. yeah? How was your Thanksgiving? I was good. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I was able to uh, go back um, home and visit family and uh, be around a lot of people that I grew up with. So oh, it was yeah? A good time. yeah? And good time. where's home? Well, Alabama? Uh, uh, Georgia. College Same Georgia, thing. Georgia, yeah. Oh yeah, and did they like you? Um, they pretended to. They yeah, pretended no, to. <laughs> <laughs> no fights or anything. No, actually, About, no. Did y'all talk politics? No, you can't. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. Huh? Did you talk religion? No. Uh, you should have brought it up anyway, just for the fun of it. You know what we were. Uh, Yes, and you were festival. biting down on that sweet potato pie. Oh, by the way, how about that old Trump? <laughs> I, I think we were all kind of, uh, kind of unconscious, kind of like you know, just festive, and yeah. you know, we didn't even pay attention to anything. Like nice man, that was amazing. It was nice. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Spend time with family. Spend time. Did you talk politics? What? I wouldn't say so, no. Did your father bring it up? I feel like we always talk politics, just casually, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Did, did, he, like did you guys get together with other family members? Mm, one family member. Oh, you only got together with one other family yes. member? Yes. Oh, nice. Well, 
No wonder y'all didn't talk politics. <laughs> and I'm surprised he didn't bring it up even then, though. <laughs> oh, man, we're good. Um, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving, all right? Uh, any questions about anything? Amazing. Y'all come every Sunday to receive, but you don't bring anything. That's amazing to me. Did, did anybody do the four minutes? Just without having been told to do it, you said, I'm going to do the four minutes just for the fun of it? Oh, you did it. You did it? Did you raise your hand? I did, yeah. And, and how was it? Well, I mean, you didn't tell us to keep doing right. it, but I, I just remember when we talked about it uh, that Sunday, I had realized how I didn't really do it. You know, you said four minutes, and my mind told me, oh, should I put a timer? I already silent prayed. Yeah. And then you were like, you guys don't even follow instructions. And I said, <laughs> I, I sat there silently, Jesse, whatever. But so I decided, you know what, let me just do it. Yeah. Four minutes, sit there, and uh, all hell broke loose. It did. I mean, meaning what? I know what you mean, but for the folks who don't understand, it seems it seems like everything's falling apart. <laughs> I don't know how. To, I don't. I can't put it. I, I'll get too personal. But, right. Yeah. But, um, you don't have to get personal. But just it, it seems like people. It seems like situations around me are popping up with people, and things are happening. But it's actually, it's all stuff inside of me. And um, you know, trying to keep a good, trying to keep a good attitude, <laughs> to let everybody see it, kind of thing. But it's all hell broke loose. Yeah. Amazing, nice. And you did the four minutes. Again. And what happened? Uh, I finally had a moment of clarity. Uh, I, did, I, I wake up at five every day, and I, and I did my prayer, and then I went outside and I just put the timer on the phone, and I sat there and I was just watching like cars go by and everything. And it made me it made me realize that I worry about things that I that don't really matter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just instead of thinking of what am I gonna do today, what's gonna happen, I gotta get this done. I was just watching the cars, a dog ran by, um people said good morning to me as they were leaving to work. Um it, it felt good. I felt like I was in the moment. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Did you do the four minutes? I did. You weren't here last Sunday when we talked about it. No. And what was it like for you doing the four minutes? It was similar to the silent prayer where all of these thoughts began coming in. Like, for example, I'm going to be visiting my dad um, around Christmas and he isn't able to pick me up from the airport because of a medical condition with his eyes. And all of a sudden, I started getting these visions of me in an Uber and being driven <laughs> off into a valley someplace. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'm talking to my husband, like, well, could you, is there any way, we, you, my, we just got a new puppy, so he can't come. He has to stay with the puppy. And this ensued even to this point. Like last night, I finally, it finally dawned on me, just get a rental. You don't even need to get into an Uber. But, um, you know, the enemy has really been on my heels, and you, Jesse. And you, <laughs> you, when it's a trip? 
Well, the trip has yet to be determined. I'm either, but it's going to be in December sometime, yeah, if not the now. Yeah, end of December. And you've already lived the trip. It never I've happened. already lived it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to die. You'd have had and, I don't, and I have so much living to do. Yeah. Someone's going to drive. And, and then I go on Instagram, and the first thing I see is if you are a woman and you've been assaulted in an Uber, call this number. There's right. litigation at hand. So, yeah. The enemy has been on my heels, seriously. It, he has? Yeah. In, in what way other than what you just said? I'll give you an example. Last Saturday, Lige texts me and says, I'm not going to be at church on Sunday because I'm ill. I was feeling perfectly fine. I hang up the phone. Literally three hours later, I'm flat <laughs> on my back. I've been sick since I've been in bed. What a bed beta. Until I'm a beta. Listen to the devil. How am I, Beta? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute. Keep talking. <laughs> I didn't know I was listening to that. It just happened out of the clear blue. I was minding my own business. And the next thing I knew, it was flat on my back. Wow. How yeah. long were you ill? Up until Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah? Well, well, I'm still, I'm not ill now, just so everyone knows. But and it's not the Chinese virus. <laughs> Hopefully. I didn't test or anything right. like that because that's a bunch of, well, that's a whole different right. subject that we don't want to get into because it's political. And, but the devil has been messing with you. Oh, my gosh, yes. And how have you dealt with it? How do you feel about it? I, I kind of like it because it, it causes me to feel like, I don't like, I mean, it isn't fun when I'm in it, but when I get through these little um, issues that pop up where I know it's him, right. it, it causes me to feel like I am on the, on the path that I, that I should be. Okay. I don't want to, I'm choosing my right. words carefully because right. I don't want to get too high on my horse, so to speak, because I don't. I know I have a long way to go, but I feel like I'm, you know, I'm getting there. Nice. I'm Amazing. more and more. <laughs> that is nice. Did you do the four minutes? No. And, and, and why do you do it again? Just to be doing it. <laughs> I didn't feel the need to. Oh, you didn't? No, I mean, yeah. You didn't. I don't, you, never, you didn't tell us, right? Right. Yeah. So, and because I didn't tell you, you didn't feel the need to? Yeah, I, I, I did. Oh, uh, okay. So we gonna keep, we gotta keep doing it from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna ask us next week? <laughs> you don't have to keep doing it. I just figured since we had all done it last week, it'll be fun and just oh. kind of through the week, just kind of sit for four minutes, see yeah. like Nick did, see what else come up. Yeah. Without having been told, but you don't have to do it. Okay. It I mean, wouldn't I, hurt if you did, but you don't have to. Okay. I, mean, uh, I think I would incorporate it, though, until, yeah. you know. Yeah, during the day, four minutes, just to see. Okay. All right. Did you have your hand? You did the four minutes again? Oh, no, I was, was going to ask another question. Oh, okay, go ahead. So um, I get this question a lot, and maybe you can elaborate. So a lot of people struggle with the idea of um, practical thoughts versus listening to your imagination yeah. and the devil, right? So, um... Let's take a typical scenario, like somebody's walking at night, woman's walking at night, it's a dark alley she can cut through to get a shortcut, but she sees maybe like a couple people there and it looks kind of like a shady situation, and the thoughts tell her, don't go that way. Just go the long way, and you'll be safer. And in a sense, that's a practical thought, correct? 
if she's walking down an alley and some people down the alley there, should she take the shortcut or go by the past the people? Yeah, you can either take the shortcut down the dark alley or you can just go the long way to where it's light. To avoid the people? Yeah, to avoid the... Now that you have to avoid the people. That's yeah. just common sense. Right, so that's my point. It's, yeah. That's common sense. Right. Whereas, but her thoughts told her a common thought. Uh, I mean, uh, her thoughts told her that. So told some, her to, do, to take the law route? Yeah, because right. it's safer. So in that scenario, your thoughts are telling you something that's good or right. Oh, I wouldn't call it good or bad. It's just common sense. Common sense. I mean, it could be God speaking to you, allowing you to see it, but the thoughts imitate God as well. Yeah. But common sense say nowadays that ladies should be real careful. Yeah. yeah. And not walk down. Even if they were fine, yeah. a woman still shouldn't be walking down a dark alley by herself. Right. So, so in that scenario, I was just... But when out. I'm thinking of practical thoughts, I'm thinking of... Uh, you know, you need gas for your car, so I'm going to leave 10 minutes early so I can put gas in my car so I can make it on time. Uh, I got to go to work tomorrow. I need to be there at 7, so I'm going to get up at 5 or whatever. Stuff like that. I mean, but all those other thoughts racing through your mind are the ones that you need to let pass. The ones that give you emotion. Well, you could get emotion from a practical thought, too. Because you could get a new jacket and just love that jacket. Oh, this is so nice. And there's nothing wrong with that emotion because you just let it pass. Interesting. I never thought I'd hear you say there's nothing wrong with that emotion. Not the practical emotions. Okay. Yeah, because as long as you don't take that emotion and hold on to it, and every time you see your new jacket, get a warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna get a <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting how in this, the people let their minds still screw up not being in your head. They screw up the idea of what's practical and non-practical. I do understand it, but yeah. it's amazing how the devil can play tricks with you like that as well. Amazing. How are you? Great. Uh-huh. Doing good. I'm sorry? Great. What? Great, I'm doing great. What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> that doesn't feel, it doesn't sound right. What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? <coughs> no, like li literally nothing. <laughs> What's wrong? Should I make something up? <laughs> no, I'll mess with you. Did uh, anyone else do the, did you do the four minutes by chance? I didn't actually, I've just been trying to concentrate on the morning and the nighttime silent prayer. Oh, okay. And you just didn't have time for four minutes out of the whole day? <laughs> to be honest, I didn't think about it this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Anybody else did the four minutes? Oh, you did it. And how did it go? It, I mean, it went fine. It was just, I just noticed that um, the thoughts are like, you should be doing something else, or you should be productive, or you have so much to do. Yeah. So just sitting around with nothing on, just looking around, it, it seemed like... Um, I'm wasting time. That's what the thoughts are telling me. You're wasting time. This is yeah. doing nothing. Um, but also during that time, I noticed that the thoughts, those thoughts come, they're like daggers. They just keep coming. And then slowly, everything slows down. And then you just see things for what they are. Even if it's nothing, you don't have to, I, don't have, I didn't have a feeling about it being nothing. Right. And that was, that was fine. It was almost like you're okay right where you're at. And you don't, you don't have to feel anything about it. Nice.
it's okay to do the four minutes now that you know about the four minutes. Sometimes during the day, just sit. You go home from work or from grocery shopping or something. Just take a moment and take four minutes. And just, you don't even have to close your eyes. You just need to see what thoughts are coming. It, it, it really does help. All right. Um, one last thing. You went away for a while on a trip, and you were telling me that uh, you learned a lot or a lot happened. you remember that? Are you able to share for a minute some of the things that happened or you learned or what you realized from it? I'm trying to think of... Um, if you don't have anything, don't make up anything. You no, just, I'm not going to make up anything. <laughs> <laughs> what the, no, I mean, I don't uh, no wanna, I'm just trying to... There's just a lot. There's some stuff I don't want to share. Right. Um, I think overall, to just like encapsulate this last month, like... I can just see the death of my ego like every single day. And I think at the end of like a four week period of just so many things going on where I just kept surrendering and allowing my ego to die, I almost feel like, I think about what you say a lot, like how you just don't have opinions or, and I think I'm, I'm just marinating and like, I, this new being that I'm realizing that I almost feel like do I like it's so new to not have so much of my ego happening that it almost feels like I don't know I want to say like it feels dead but it doesn't it's just so new like I just don't care about so much you know what I mean and, it and feels what does weird. the death of your ego look like what does it look like um, realizing that there's a whole not me that's running the show that's it's been running the show and I I realize it now like anytime I do have an emotion or like there's just so many things that are like cues for me to realize it's my ego and to step aside and and let it fall um, that I'm just, I'm kind of like, I don't know what to do now. Cause like, I don't, <laughs> so much I don't care about anymore. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it feels I like. I have a lot of people telling me, you know what? I don't care about those things anymore. My friends are boring. There's nothing to talk about with them anymore. And that's what happened. You're overcoming the world. Yeah. So, and I, and I see that a lot in, in so many things that happened during this, a short period of time where I can see myself in a conversation with a lot of people and almost like I can see that separation from the world like when I'm hearing a conversation or I start having an emotion or opinion about it it's almost like I can it sounds so sci-fi to say it because I can see it like that but it's almost like a like I, I'm not in this do you know what I mean? <laughs> You're not right. And it's yep. kind of trippy, but it, it starts to feel like I'm so alone, but I don't even care about that because it's not alone. It's just that I can see now more and more of what's going on. Just because I'm lonely doesn't mean I'm alone. Remember that song? Maybe it's the other way around. Oh, just because I'm alone doesn't mean I'm lonely. Anybody heard that song before? No. Nice. Just because I'm lonely doesn't mean I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> you did the four minutes? Okay.
Thank you. Yes. And you did it without having been told to do it? Uh, yes. And how was it for you? It was, uh, it was great. Uh, I, it was uh, almost every day. I think one day I didn't do it. Um, usually I remember to do it when I get uh, like uh, stressed or into my thoughts. So I just said, let's do the four minutes. It's like a reminder. And uh, it was also last week it was really good. So I did it every day last week. I, in, in addition to the silent prayer, it's like in the middle of the day I do it. Yeah, you still do the silent prayer. I was just doing a four minute thing to kind of help to keep you aware during the day or night, whenever you did it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the first week it was really, really good. So I kept going and yeah, I, I just sit uh, wherever I am with my eyes open and put the timer on four minutes and ten seconds. Because until I get the... You did four minutes and ten seconds? Just because until I put the but phone... But said in four the, minutes. Because until I put the phone, I lose a few seconds. And you said it will be less than four, four minutes. minutes. <laughs> you so just I, missed the train. No, no, come by on. By ten seconds. It's just to arrange myself before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to... Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Sure. Um, did any of you guys do the four minute? Joel must have do it. He hiding. Did you do the four minute on your own, Joel? You black. I did not do the four minutes on my own. And, and why not? Um, I just didn't think about it too much. Amazing. Um, meaning like, I don't know. I just didn't think about it too much. Okay. I just, I just went with my daily, my daily schedule, the daily things I do, and didn't really add add much to it. All right. Did you guys do the four minutes? No? I mean, without being told? I'm sorry? Not without being told. This is why the world screwed up. Everybody got to be told. Amazing. Did you do it on your own, Francisco, without being told? I did. I did it uh, for four days. And how was it? Uh, I noticed how I don't follow instructions. And it's a pattern in my life with a lot of things. Uh, even doing the, with the four minutes, you know, um, I, literally coming out with a time clock. I, so even while I was doing it, I was saying I should use a timer. You know? The reason you shouldn't use a timer with the four minutes, so you can watch how the devil tell you, look at the clock. How long you been sitting here? You've done four minutes already. You look over the clock and it's been two minutes. But the devil telling you to look at the clock. Those are just more thoughts, you know what I mean? And it just helps you really understand how thoughts work. And that's why, because the devil told me... Uh, to set the clock. You're, you're, you're sitting too long, that's not long enough. Uh, Amazing. Enough, so. so let's get to the biblical question. Who or what are you trying to hold together? Last week, biblical question. Who or what are you trying to hold together? Anybody familiar with the biblical question? Did you know that was a biblical question? Oh, okay. Anybody want to respond? Let me see. I saw the young lady first, and then I come here. Thank you. Somebody want to respond. 
Who or what are you trying to hold together? For the last few days, um, I think my own kind of sanity. <laughs> you trying to hold your sanity together? Yeah, and it's so easy to talk about, you know, not having any thoughts and not being kidnapped by, a, by your emotions until you have a situation that is really, really triggering you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I've really been challenged this last couple of days. And even during my silent prayers, really struggling to go for usually the time that I always do. It's like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, no, you don't. You're too, you need to do something with this emotion that is bubbling up inside of you. Uh, so I think it's been really, is coming back to my own peace. Yeah. And so you're trying to hold your sanity together. Not my sanity, but for example, so for maybe six months, there was this man at my work that's been constantly trying to take me out on a date. And I've been resenting him, resenting him, saying, no, 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 it's not going to happen. And then finally I soften up a little bit and I say, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and there we go on a few dates, but I'm still really keeping my distance and really forcing him to do it really slow. And then the moment I soften up, he just turns 180. And for me, that is extremely manipulative behavior because it's also the things that he said of that he's in love with me, that he told, talked to his mother about me, that he's talked to his ex-partner about me. You know, in two weeks, you're going to be my girlfriend. Um, you know, all these things, right? Did he spend money on you? So much money. Oh, nice. Take uh, that money. A, a lot of money. <laughs> He spent a lot of money on you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is, and it's just, and it's not even me, you know, demanding it. It's just, yeah. all of a sudden, he sent a car to pick me up, you know. There is this dinner reservations of just a lot of money, you know, wanting to buy me a dress for a lot of money when we're going on out for this dinner. I constantly say, no, 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 this is crazy behavior, right? Because I can see that it's also not him. Right. And that's yeah. also what I, I told my friend and him. Like he says that he is in love with me, but he's not. He's right. in love with this, the chase or the rejection and yeah. this illusion. <laughs> but still, the same spirit that's convincing him is the same spirit in me that then finally starts to you know soften up and think maybe. It is real because it's been going now for six months and maybe it's just me. You deserve love or you deserve to be treated in this way. And then, yeah, and now it's a total mess. Now you're in another mess. Yeah. And that's what happens when you live in that cage. The devil give you a situation, then you do it, and then it'll turn into a mess. And then he'll give you another solution to get out of the mess by putting you into another situation. And then he'll give you another, uh, pretend to be solving that one, and you're just limiting his key consulting with the devil. Yeah. Only get deep into a mess. Yeah, now I'm thinking, you know, do I leave it as it is? Do I confront him with these behaviors? You know, do I just leave it and walk away? Like, I have to see him almost every day, so. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you in a minute what I would suggest. 
I want to hear from some more people about who or what are you trying to hold together. Did you have your hand for that question? Who or what are you trying to hold together? Yeah. I um, I don't preface this by saying I don't do this anymore. But Speak up for me. I, I don't think like this anymore, but what I used to do is I used to try to hold, hold um, my idea of what my life needs to be. Um, so I used to have this idea that I needed to have certain things and this certain picture of myself and I needed to go out and put it together and then that's what my life was going to be like. So I was like playing God and I'm um, trying to um, lay out my entire life before I even lived it. And so who or what are you trying to hold together now? Now? I'm not trying to hold anything together now. Now I, uh, I've let this idea of myself go. I'm letting it go uh, every day. And um, the more I do the prayer, the more I see more of my plan. And I try to die from it by just seeing it. So you don't try to hold anything together? Not anybody or anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that I can see at the moment. Okay. Amazing. Um, Anybody else want to respond to that? Yes. Who or what are you trying to hold together? So, Jesse, I have to be very honest with you for okay. a moment here. Yeah. Um, to answer the question, it would be myself. And I was going to save this for like a Thursday, but I just, I think it's okay for me to share it now. I feel like my life has been pretty easy and, you know, effortless up until... I'm here right now in this work. And lately it's been very, um, it's really been a challenge. Like the enemy has been so on my heels that I'm like, why am I even doing this? You know, like, yeah. why am I doing this? My life was so much easier before I didn't have anything happening as far as I <laughs> knew, but yeah. I know that I did, you know? I know that I was in, in darkness, but like there have been moments where I'm just sitting at home because I do the, I'm often in silence and I'll just start tearing up and I'll start crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? And I'll laugh at myself after that moment has passed. Like that was so not me. Or I'm feeling these, these moments of, of utter anxiety because I'm like, I cannot relate to anyone at all. Uh, as you were saying earlier, and I think Rachel touched on this, where I don't care. Like, I don't want to be around. Like, so much of what you have said about family, about friends, about everything, I won't go into all the details. I'm seeing it play out in living color yeah. in my life. And on, it's, on one hand, I'm like, okay, well, this is good but on the other hand it's really scary and I'm like am I going to be alone am I going to die alone is there a, what's going to happen to me so you know lately it's just been it's been challenging I have to be honest it's been so challenging that I have wanted to kind of take a break from all of it you know and so prior to waking up you say your life was working so I say. Right, right. And what was working that's not working now? I just feel like it was effort. I, I, it was just easy, you know. But it's probably because, you know, when I think back on how I was before, 
I was, when you say, who are you trying to control or hold on to, it would be everything but the kitchen sink. I no. mean, I was controlling people. Well, what, why did you wear that? Uh, why did you say <laughs> it like that? Uh, you don't spell it that way. You spell it like this. Yeah. Um, who reads nonfiction? Who reads fiction? Why do you read fiction? You're wasting your time. There's so much information out there. Like, just so much. I was controlling every element of my life and everyone else's. And when you were doing that, that's what you mean by life was working for you? Right, which I know that's a lie from the enemy, Jesse. Right. I do. But it seemed to be working, and it seemed like I, I, I seemed to be... I don't even want to say happy, but there was no drama. It, and it was probably because people were just going along with the devil in me. Yeah, and they were talking about you real bad behind your back. <laughs> probably. Here come probably. this controlling. I hate to tell you what they were saying. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Let's run away from hers. They walking down a dark alley and they look and see you, they go the other way. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And so. So are you still considering the other way as working and this way not for you? No, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I just feel like I'm working so much harder to keep myself together right now. Oh, okay. like the enemy, it's like everywhere I turn, he's there. Like I, I, it's like I can't have a reprieve. So what, so long story, you know, just to fast forward this a bit, what do you, what do you, what, what? <laughs> you sound like my friend. <laughs> uh, I'll get to what in a minute, but it sounds like a mess. It is a mess. It, I feel like Nick said, everything is falling apart. I, I can relate to that. I feel like I'm just watching the walls crumble around me. You know? Yeah. And you don't like that. I mean, not that you don't like it. It just doesn't feel like things are working like they used to. Yeah, it feels, yeah, I feel a little unhinged at times. Yeah. And then I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know. I don't want to be around certain people. I've, I can't relate to people. It's difficult for me to even have a conversation yeah. you know, with people. That's what Rachel mentioned earlier. And it's hard because it's amazing how before you wake up, all the conversations were so boring, but they seem so important. They seem so conversational, you know, like <laughs> you felt so good about talking about nothing and just go on hours and hours talking about nothing. Right. And now it's different. It is. And I remember I was telling my husband, I'm like, my social calendar is so empty. Like it used to be so full. <laughs> It's, it's just so empty now. I'm like, what, what's happening? Like, I have all these clothes and all this stuff, and where, where, am, I gonna, where am I going, you know? <laughs> you can wear them to church. <laughs> um, right. When you say you feel like you're going to die alone, was somebody going to die with you beforehand? <laughs> well, you have a, a, a knack for asking very simple but very deep questions. <laughs> No, um, I mean in the sense of, you know, people around and noise and a pulse and an energy around me. So you're going to die around all that? Yeah, like. <laughs> How do you know? Well, I want to. You want to I die want, around I want a lot? I want to die like alone and all like 
Oh, you want a lot of people around while you're dying? I don't know, Jesse. Now you make me sound silly. <laughs> because the other thing they're doing is thinking, why they're around and you let them to die? <laughs> they're thinking, why don't you go and die? I'm going to get that jacket. That's a beautiful winter jacket she had. And, and, and your other family member thinking, I wonder how much money she has. <laughs> I'm going to get her money. And then when you die, they're just going to fight over your stuff. That's so true. I just feel like there's no excitement. Like, it's boring. Everything is boring right now. Yeah, I understand. We'll get to that tomorrow. All right. Um, who or what are you trying to hold together? The, the image that I've created of, well, that was created. Speak up for me. The image. So everybody the, the speak ego. up when you get to the mic, right? The, the image? Yeah. The image, the image ego of, that? of who I thought I was or the, the false me. Um, you know, I'm trying to still hold on to that, that, um, that image or that person that I thought I was. What image do you have of yourself? Um, currently, like, I don't, I've, I've let go of that image, but... Um, I think there's still a part of me that still holds on to it, just uh, who people have labeled me as or who I thought I was. So, yeah. um, you know, you, you're supposed to be this funny person or this um, smart person or whatever these labels you've created uh, of, yeah. of yourself. So, so you still trying try to hold on to those? Uh, to a degree, I, I mean, hold so. them together. Yeah. yeah. Yes, <clears throat> to a degree, yes. Oh, okay. I, I've, I'm, I'm learning to let that go. Um, but uh, I think there's a still a part of me that still wants to hold on to that. Okay. Um, one quick question. How are you trying to hold on to it? What are you doing to hold on to it? I guess um, what's been mentioned already is like um, there's times when I don't, I don't want to talk to people. Like the people that, were, that I considered or thought were my friends, now they, they call and like I don't pick <laughs> I don't pick up, and um, but I'm like, man, if I don't pick up, I won't have anything to do, or I'll just be sitting, sitting by myself in a room yeah. for four minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of, I guess it's feeling empty and still trying to keep these relationships or you know do the things that I used to do. Oh, okay, amazing. Uh, Rachel, who or what are you trying to hold together? Um, I think it's probably has something to do with um, why I moved to Los Angeles and why I'm in the industry that I'm in. <laughs> I don't, I, uh, yeah, I think I'm really trying to hold on to why I live here. <laughs> you trying to hold on to the image of living in California? Uh, well, there's probably some image in that, but there's What all, is it that you say? I'm sorry, what are you I just think to? there's, I think I'm trying to hold on to why I live in Los Angeles and why I'm in the industry that I'm in. And why are you in the industry you're in? I don't know. I don't know now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... Why did you get into it? Um... 
well, I think I originally I was just very green 23 years ago, like I want to move to Hollywood, whatever. And then I think it became like, I'm trying to raise a daughter and I'm going to become good at something, which I did, both. Um, and I think now I have seen so far <laughs> into like the man behind the curtain and also my ego about it all. And I just do not know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to hold on to it because there's income and like career attached to it, but I don't I don't know. I feel like one day I'm like attached to it and then other days I'm like I literally am floating and then I'm watching my thoughts like, <laughs> Are you even doing anything? Are you a sloth? You know what I mean? But I'm kinda of like, well, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I, f I feel like I, it just needs to be revealed. I don't know. I, I, there's some attachment there as to why I live here. Oh, I'm man. trying to hold on to. I'm going to ask two other people this, and then I have another question in my brain in. Um, hey, who or what are you trying to hold together? Hey, because all we're trying to correct my English is not who, it's whom. <laughs> whom or what? He was just telling me that this morning. I went in the office, I'm like, hey, what was the bigger question? You said who or what, but it's whom. But who sound better, but it ain't right. Whom or what uh, you trying to hold together? Myself. What's up? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> What's up? Myself, not my stuff. I said, what self? Oh, my self? What self? Yeah, what self? Not which self, but what self? Whatever. <laughs> um, like, I work, and so I try to hold that together. So you and your work? Because you said yourself. Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And no, that, that was a question. Oh, yeah. No, it's the work is not me, but... You said, <laughs> you said myself, and I like, who self? you like, what self, or whatever. Right. And then you said my work. Yeah. Are you your work? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not... Uh, so whole. I asked you what self are you trying to hold? You went right to work. Right. But this I was, is gonna, so much I was going into a I was going into a list. This is real church. <laughs> so what? I was going into a list. Of yourself? Of the stuff that I do in my with myself in my life. No, but I want to know what self are you trying to hold together? Um me and what I me and what I do and how I live. That's so, what I mean by myself. So who is the me? The person that, the person whom I represent. <laughs> <laughs> how can you sound retarded? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting hot in here. What? I said it's getting hot in here. It's not because the heat is on. Um. Like I'm supposed to, like, get myself together, you know, get my life together. What's up? 
the um, just by just me. <laughs> <laughs> We've been around that before. <laughs> what does this mean? You're trying to get together, hold together. The um, oh, who is this me? The life that I have some hand in living. So are you saying the things you do is who you are? Um, no, it's just wh what I do comes from who I am. And so who are you that you're trying to hold together? Uh, are you a computer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, no. Are you a... Are you a radio host? Is that you? No, it's... no. Well, tell us who you are that you're trying to hold together. Well, um, as far as like the radio host and the, the things that I do, that does... It kind of... Um, seems like I should do better at it or good at it. Otherwise, that wouldn't be holding myself together at all. Oh, being good, better, and good at what you do is, is holding yourself together? Yeah. And so when you're not good or better at it, it's tearing you down? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that makes sense? It's not, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a sensible way of looking at it. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. What they take. Alright. <laughs> yes, Frankie, that's in your hand. Who or what are you trying to hold together? So the image of myself working, because uh, I've gotten laid off, so So you're trying to hold the image of Yeah, hundred percent. Who or what are you trying to hold? So you're trying to hold work together? Hold the image of myself as a working person, oh. you know, you oh, get up I in see. the morning, you do this and say, who are you? Well, I'm so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Oh, that's pretty good. That's it. Now I'm not that person because I don't do that anymore. So... So now that you don't do that, you feel like you're falling apart? Uh, yeah. Amazing. In a way, so yeah. you are your work? Yeah. Oh, okay. For, you know, for 30 years, I was, that was me. And now that's not me anymore, so I have to... Okay, who are you? Are you really that? What are you, you going to jump off a bridge now? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so you and your work, okay. Yeah. Amazing, yes, Joel. You be that. Who or what are you trying to hold together? Um, for me, it was more so of myself as a good person, holding on to the idea of me being a good person. You t oh, you t okay. Right. Are you a good person? No, but it came from what Danielle said. Um, you know, like before you wake up, it seems easier. Meaning like, you're not so much caught up in your head, but I think that's the trick that Satan uses that when you wake up, now you're trying to be aware, now you're trying to think and you start wrestling with ideas and stuff like that. In the Bible, scripture or truth, like the good and evil. And the good thing about being asleep is the fact that 
if we're going to say there's a good thing, right, is that you're not judging yourself where you are, but you're just living life. You're not so much worried about the right and wrong things. But when you wake up... Have you ever met a, a person that asleep that's not worried about the good or the well, wrong they, things? They are, but I mean, like, they're just living life, and they're not worried about too much of, like, um, am I a good person, am I a bad person, and I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing because I'm trying to be a good person now. You've met people like that? Well, I think that they, I think they, they more so accept their lifestyle opposed to like Christians when they wake up, they more wrestle with trying to be a good person. When when you're asleep, you just more so for the most part, you're just accepting that you're who you are. You do the things you do. You accept them as normal. But when you wake up, you judge them as bad. Now they're sins. Now they're wrong. And now you wrestle with that. And I think that's what. It was but if me. they were doing it that way, why are they taking pills for depression, jumping off bridges, suicide, trying to impress, nervous and anxious and worry and comparing, if they're not judging? Because they, I think they do it because they want to feel better. But to them, even though deep down, like in their heart of hearts, they know that it's wrong and, and the thing they're doing is wrong. But <clears throat> Satan makes them accept it as... This is just life. This is just what you go through. And then you just live with it. What did you, when you say you thought you were a good person, right. what made you think you were a good person? <laughs> I didn't start thinking well, until, I, until I started waking no, up. When you, oh, I thought you said that before you woke up, you thought you were a good person. No, like before I waking up, you know, you just, you just like um, you grow accustomed to society and the oh, I see. teachers. And then you woke up and that's when you thought you were a good person? Right, because when you wake up, you start to now wrestle with like the information you've, you've gotten about either reading the Bible or the things you heard and you're trying to be a good person. And then when you make some like solid steps, you feel good about it. And then you start judging people like, oh, I'm doing better now, they're not. <laughs> And then you try to hold on to that, which is the expectation. And then you fall again, and then you try to hold on to it, and you fall again. But I wasn't wrestling like this then. You know, even though I was, like, suffering, I wasn't wrestling in my mind. Like, it wasn't stressful, like Donnell saying, like, now it feels stressful. But I think it's because when we wake up, we want to do right so bad, which is another setup. So we're, like, wrestling with the truth in our mind when we should just be living oh, life. Oh, So now that you're awake... You want to do right. Right. And, and you should, want to be right. Right. And you still should be living in the same way, except now you just should be aware. You have awareness. Oh, I see. But you still should just be living life, not wrestling with nothing. But you wrestle What's with wanting to be right? I wrestle with that, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Is that working? No, it's not <laughs> at all. <laughs> How many people can relate to what he's saying? Oh, good. Right. I know what you mean. I totally understand it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And so, are you a good person? No, I'm not a good person. You're no good. I'm no good. <laughs> well, I'm not a bad person either. You're not a bad one? No, I'm not a bad person either. You're just no good. I'm just a living being. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have a second question. The young lady in the gray shirt. Who or what are you trying to hold together? Um, I think for me... Uh, I am a connoisseur of selves, so I have more than one self that I'm trying <laughs> to hold together. Right. Um, and the only reason for that is because I'm not good at letting go. 
uh, when I, whether it's traumatic or whether it's amazing, um, who I become um, is very chameleon-esque. Um, I've learned to adapt. Uh, I've learned to be in situations and be what I need to be. Um, and so I have this collection of selves. You have a whole bunch of them in there. I would have to say yes. Um, yeah, some of them have high value that you can't really get to. Uh, and some of them I'm just handing them out like you just came in the dollar store. <laughs> so. so some of those high value ones you can't reach? Um, no. And how did they get to be high then? How did they get up there? Because uh, they're attached to something traumatic or something that oh. uh, caused a lot or I had to pay a lot to get, to become. I okay. went through something to become that. So. I'm just making a note here. Uh -oh. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why do you hold on to them rather than just let them go completely? Well, this actually goes back to... Uh, the women's forum. I know I won't say anything about anything other than my part because right. it's mine, so I can say it. Right. Um, I just realized that I don't put God in a lot of anything. I put me in it, you know. Um, and I just realized I, I like to get in His way. I like to take the credit. I like yeah. to be the the victor. I like to to say that it was me. Um, and I don't know that that was true, but. Again, I, I, not only do I not let things go, it's because I want to collect them. I want to have them. I want to say that I did this, yeah. you know. Um, so I become a collector of selves and anything to, to not give God the credit. Since realizing that during the women's forum, has it helped a little bit? Yeah, because there's something, not a little voice, but there's something that I'm conscious to or connected to that... I'm getting in his way, and here I go again playing God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I am able to notice it quite often. Nice. Mm -hmm. That was profound in the meeting when you said that, when you realized Because that. that's that one was... of the reasons why I came in here and was like, hey, I'm here. Where's God? You know, I wanted the <laughs> choir. I wanted the pastor. I wanted everything that said I came and brought my little piece of God, and I put it with your piece of God, and we just got God up in here, and I wasn't, I didn't bring God. I really didn't. I bring myself. So. Yeah, it was profound. It was, it was it really well. I thought about that every since we had to meet. Yep, me too. It was deep. Me too. And me I too. wonder, I'm glad you're here because I wonder, did they have a breakthrough for you? Because uh -huh. it was definitely deep. Yeah. And also, another thing that I kind of took with me this week was that it just, again, it goes back to, to God. Like, when she said it gets really boring, um, yeah. I, I think... <laughs> I, I lost my thought, but um, I can relate to the boring, um, but I think for me, all of the other stuff that I create is so that I can be God. It's like I'm building a castle and I get to sit at the top. Yeah. And so that's why I don't like it is because I will be dethroned the minute that I stop doing everything. Yeah, that's deep. You yeah. will. Mm -hmm. That's a problem with every human being. Yeah. They don't want to be dethroned. Mm -hmm. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. Well, we're going to get you a choir up in here. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, it is Christmas, so it would be very nice to hear it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who or what are you trying to hold together? I'd probably say everything that I'm learning, although I'm, I'm not really supposed to hold on to it, but just like a lot of the time I feel like I'm trying to um, remember and, and hold on to all the new things that I'm, I'm learning through your ministry. So I catch myself a lot of the time, okay, it shouldn't be like that, you know, do it like this, or just kind of just watching things, really. And why are you trying to hold on to it? Because I get scared that I'm going to forget it and then go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that trying to hold on to it is backwards? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, so is. I'm trying to observe that. That's what I'm going through right now is like seeing what I'm trying to hold on to or what I'm trying to control and yeah. then like let it go. So. Are you trying to hold on to your children? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I don't think so, no. Nice. No. Are you trying to hold on to your husband? Probably so, yeah. You are? Probably, I'm, I'm, I'm overcoming that right now. So. And why are you trying, why were you trying to, or are you trying to hold on to your husband? I think, um, oh, he's going deep today. <laughs> um. Sorry, it's quite personal. No problem, this is fellowship. <laughs> I think the, the way that we're raised, or the way that I was raised as a Christian, you're kind of raised that, you know, you should get married, you should have kids, and finding a good husband is like a massive part of that. And I think that, I find for myself because I left England very young, or quite young. I've spent most of my adult years in America. And I think that I'm getting over the fact that I feel like I've given up a lot to be here. So, sorry. What, what do you think would happen if you didn't try to hold anything together? What would happen? I think my fear would be that everything would fall apart, but I'm realizing that that's not necessarily the case, but the more things that I am letting, I am overcoming and letting go, the better my life is, the more, more peace, peace I have, yeah. and um, the more joy I find, so. Do you think your husband wants you to live that way or trying to hold on? Oh, for sure. Um, Letting go, yeah. yeah, for sure. Nice, yeah, amazing. It's what amazing. a mess! Christian etiquette can screw you up. Well, that's what I find as well. Like everything that I feel like I was taught in the church has helped me in some way, but a lot of the time I feel like it's like now. Now I know in the last year, it's just the opposite. It's just I feel like I'm unlearning everything, which yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are. And I just yeah. sometimes I think it's. Scary. I think when you've been married for so long that you think that, oh gosh, who would I be without this person? Or who would I be 
without my children or who would I be without like my career like you know I've recently given up my career and I'm trying to be at home as much as possible and be with my kids as much as possible but it's like you sit there and you think okay well I haven't got that I haven't got that and you're like your ego and, the, and you're not you is always trying to hang on to things to kind of yeah. give you a sense of well I have this and I have that but really we should just let everything go so it's definitely one thing at a time is coming up and I'm just trying to jump over each one so. amazing stay with it See with it. I gotta get to the second question because I'm looking at the clock and it's going about really fast. Um, you've heard some of you've heard me talk. I get calls from men and I counsel with men who the mother of their children have taken them to court, taken the children away from them. They spent buku money fighting for the kids, and if they do get uh, visitation rights, that's a bad word. Visitation. How you gonna get visitation rights to your own child? You know what I mean? But anyway, and um, and even if they get it, the woman makes sure that when it's time to be with the child, for the father, she make that difficult too. Well, you can't have no girlfriend. You can't bring her with you to pick him up. Uh, you got to come at 12, and you got to be back by 2. She's still trying to control it to just totally irritate the man. And I've been saying, uh, don't do it. Don't cut the baby in half, let her have it. Who, who think that's a bad idea? Should a man fight to get his children? And don't, I, I want to hear your honest opinion. If you disagree, we still gonna have some good fellowship up in here. Okay, right here first, and then the young lady right here, and then the young lady here want to respond. Yes. Well, I think, well, I've never been in that situation, but I personally believe that the man should fight for the children, because the children need to be in his, he needs to be in the children's lives, right. so that he can guide them in the right way, because if he just lets them go, the mom's going to raise them, and it's going to be pure hell for them, you know? So okay. that's why I think the man should fight, fight for them. But I'm not, I haven't been in that situation, but I don't know if... Oh, okay. When it happens to me, then I'll, then we'll see what happens. But you said when it happens, it gonna happen. Huh? It, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't happened, so yeah. it gonna happen. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. But yeah, I don't think the state should get involved in people's lives, people's right. personal lives. But you do think the father should fight for? Yes. Him. Okay. Yes. Right here. Um, I, I don't think that the man should fight because it's a losing battle regardless, especially with the law stacked against you. And I think the children, as they grow up, they're going to seek for the father because that happened to me. My mom did everything in her, in her power to keep us away from my dad. And then when we actually talked to the man and he told us, like, and, and it's so, crazy. But I'm asking who think that the father should fight for? No, he shouldn't fight for Oh, okay. Let me talk to people who think he should. Oh, he should. Yeah, young lady behind you. Should the father fight for his children? I mean, I think that everyone, when they first think of that, say yes. I, I think they should because, like he said, then you don't have an opportunity to influence your child, and you've got all these other people that are going to influence them anyways. So if you're going to fight for something, we might as well fight for that if you are going to fight for anything. Oh, okay. Um, but to his point, I think that fighting a woman is... It changes you as a man. So I, I, you know, you talk about fighting someone else's devil. 
and I just don't think it's it's advisable. Okay. Yeah. Should a man ever fight for his children? Honestly, I would say no. Um, <coughs> I agree with both points. I can understand and I can see. Forget about his point. <laughs> I just want to know. I say that the man should not fight. Are you saying he should or shouldn't? He should not. He should. Oh, uh, who think he should fight? Uh, I, right now, I just want to hear from the ones that think he should. Okay, nice. I'll come to you in a minute. Um, my father did not fight. First of all, you think he should not fight? I think he should fight, yeah. I mean, you think he should fight, yeah. yeah. Okay. If that is the and question. why? Because if I look at my own experience, so my mother did not take him to court, but um, they did split up the time between us, and I was only every other weekend with my father. Right. And of course, when we grew older, we could choose how we spent our time. But, you know, I grew up with the idea that he did not want to be with us. You know, because why are we only with him every other weekend? You know, you grew up with the idea that it's his choice. Yeah. And if I would have seen him fighting for having more time with us, I believe that our relationship might have been different. That might also just be, you know, a thought. But, yeah think. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And so you're a little wishy-washy. Okay. And you're, you say? Um, I, see, I see both sides because I, like she was saying, I think that after kids like are like five or six, you know, kind of under five or six, they need their mum and everything like that. But I feel like afterwards they need their dad more. Yeah. And I think that if the father doesn't try and see them or fight them on you know because women can be super vicious and evil and play games with the kids and things like that um i think that can really affect the children's growth so uh, but i also i see both sides so okay how do you how do you see it so i've, I've personally been through this situation so um i think the problem with the word there is fight so what i had to do was to stand up and let me do the first should a father fight for or should he they shouldn't fight, but they, they shouldn't should do fight for else. their children. Yeah, it shouldn't. The word "fight" you using. What do you mean by "fight"? Don't change the word. Okay, see what I'm saying? You know what a fight is. So, so, so I don't, I don't think that you should be fighting anyone. But so a father should not fight for his children. No, he shouldn't fight for his children. But oh, you should okay. do other things, and that's what I had to do because I was personally, once again, in a situation where I needed to Speak up for be me. there for my children uh, and my my daughter specifically. Um, when her mom was fighting me. So I dropped the weapons and then I noticed that God brought an opportunity for me to be a bigger part of my daughter's life at a young age. Why do fathers fight for their children? Because they see their children as a part of them and they don't want, the, um, they don't want that to be taken away from them. And so okay. the, it's easy to worship your children. Okay. Let me talk to the lady behind you. Should a father fight for his children or not? I'm also torn, but I, I would say yes. And, and why? Um, I believe that it's good to fight for what is good. If you're going to fight for something in this world, like I see people fighting for their careers. Yeah. They will fight for, they will go to the ends of the earth for their career. 
and yet to fight for your family, that, that just seems higher it's, on the priority. And so it's good to fight for your children? Yeah. I, yeah. And what's good about it? Mm, I do believe that children need their parents, their father and their mother. Oh, okay. and, and even, you know, as a child, even just seeing the act of your, I mean, I guess it depends on how you go about it, right? If you're really fighting out of your own ego, then that, that seems fruitless. Um, but if you really are fighting because you want a relationship with your child, I would like to believe that children are, I mean, they're not completely stupid. They do have that discernment of, oh, I remember when my dad tried to fight to stay oh, okay. in my life. Regardless of whether or not he wins. Amazing. The young man want to respond. Should a father fight for his children? Uh, I think they should, yeah. And why? Uh, so I think we can all agree that it's better for children to have both their moms and fathers at home. So when you don't fight, you basically don't get to see your child. Or you basically give, like leave children under all the influence of the mo mother which doesn't have to be bad, but which can be bad sometimes. So I think when you don't fight for your children, you basically give up the opportunity for your children to spend time with you. And I don't immediately <coughs> see the uh, negative consequence of uh, fighting for your children. Like the, what, is, what is bad about it, I, I don't immediately see. I've never been in this position, either as a child or a father. I mean, I'm not a father after all, but, uh, so maybe it's not clear to me, but I think they should yeah, fight for their children. Oh, okay. And you said that a father should, why do you say a father should fight for Oh, uh, they should. In the, in the hat, in the black hat. What you say again? What's the why question? do fathers fight for their children? <coughs> because they see themselves as their children and they get an ego feeling from their children. Oh. So it's about them, really. So they should not fight there. No, it's a better way to do that. Okay. Um, do a, should a father fight for his children or child? Um, I think he should do all that he can do within his power, and then, but then know when to throw up his hands and let it go. After he broke, <laughs> after he paid the lawyer and the, and the child lawyer and right. the therapy for the child and his lawyer, and then the woman still get all the money. Right, and you run out of options, just throw and your hands And then give up, stop. And then let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask this, and then I'll tell y'all why I ask this. Joel, why do fathers fight? Um, I think there's like a, a genuine intention to want to be there in the child's life. But I also think it's, you know, what he says as well is that um, there's a false attachment to um, wanting to be in the child's life, like the ego, for ego reasons. Um, so that's why they go out their way to do it. But um, yeah, I think it's 50-50. It's I think there is a genuine intention, though, to want to be there in the child's life. But Anybody, any father here ever fought for their child? I, I know you say you did. Anybody else? Oh, you fought for your child? Why did you fight? Well, we know you fight for all your kids, Joel. <laughs> Joel have no children, just for the record. That he's aware of, as he said on his show. 
Okay. And why did you fight? I love my daughter, and I, I thought she should be with me, and she loved me, and I wanted to keep her with me. And, and I believe it was kind of taught to me to be that way, too. You fight for your kids. You fight for your family. Oh, okay. Did you fight for your child? You never had to fight for the kids, right? For me? Uh-huh. Me, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Should a father fight Nick for a child? No. no. Why do fathers fight? Well, I think honestly, because they want to be with their kid. They, they believe they should be with them. I think that's why they do it. Oh, okay. Uh, if I may respond to the first one? Yeah. Uh, should they fight? I mean, I think people... Um, what I was going to say is that people think, I think people in this conversation, they think, well, the reason Jesse's saying don't fight is because the courts are on the woman's side and it's difficult and all that. But in the scenario, I know some people have been through some of this stuff and they say, well, if my dad was there, maybe I would have seen a different side. But that situation happens, that situation happens a lot and the kids still hate the dad. Yeah. And it's like the dad was fighting and the kids still takes the side of the mom, like, you just don't know how that's going to go. So that's a strange way of looking at it. If you just didn't fight, you would send the right example. And you save a lot of money. That, yeah. <laughs> so it's like at least, at least hopefully maybe be buying a house and fighting for a child. That's <laughs> just a human being. I mean, so you fought for all your kids. And I paid. No, <laughs> that's a joke. No, he doesn't have kids yet. Uh, yes, sir. You asked why do um, why do fathers, fathers fight, fight for um, their children? Because I think that they see them as a possession, and they would fight for them like any other things that belong to them. I'm sorry. I said I see them as a possession, and they would fight for them like any other thing that they thought belonged to them. Oh, okay, amazing. Should a father fight for his children? Right next to you, yeah. My father didn't uh, fight for me. I he turned out okay. He did not? <laughs> no, 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 but no, nah, he did. Oh, he did fight for well, you? Well, I mean, what do you mean by fight? Um, like, because he tried. You're that line over there. <laughs> he tried. He tried, but my mother was hell. Right. So, sure. so should a father fight for his children? Um, no. And why not? Because it shouldn't be a fight. Okay. <laughs> what do you say to that, Sean? Um, I, I gotta say it really depends on, the, on each situation. I think if, if the kids do not want to be with the mother and they really want to be with the father, then he's got he's to fight to do that. The kids want to be with him and they made it clear that that's the case. So in that case, yeah, but you gotta take it on a case by case basis. I don't think you should make an absolute rule like 100% of the time you should not fight. Oh, okay. I think in the, in the case of, of the kids wanting to go one way or the other. So you think there are times where you can cut the baby in half? Um, when you put it like that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess not. No. Don't take your mind off her. Well, no. I, I mean, if there's if there's a chance if there's a chance he's going to get you know custody 100 percent custody of the kids, then you're not cutting the baby in half. So. 
And, and meaning that if he got 100% custody and the woman can't even come around, right. then he should do it? Yeah, if the kids oh, okay. want that to happen. And ain't it, that ain't going to happen unless you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you mean by fight. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, this, this very situation, um, this question that you brought up, um, nearly destroyed me um, with my, uh, my youngest child. My, my youngest daughter. Um, I didn't fight in the courtrooms, but I did. I was trying to, I guess, spiritually fight with her. Without having to go to court? Yes. Okay. And it almost destroyed me. I was full of anger, rage, uh, whatever. And um, even my, my youngest, as when she was an infant, even when I would come around, she would cry, cry, cry like a, like a monster was there. And um, it was very interesting, and I was I was filled with anger and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think you absolutely should not fight for your children. Um, I know, and that sounds weird just saying that, but um, and and we do look. I was looking at it as that's my daughter. She's me. Right. She she belongs to me, and I need to have an influence on of, uh, on her. And also, you don't want to be labeled as the dead beats, yeah. you know, daddy yeah. or whatever. So it was, it's, it's very interesting, but it nearly destroyed me. It, but it opened, it actually opened my eyes though. So it was actually a, a blessing. Nice. Amazing. So, uh, this weekend been very interesting in that I was talking to someone just having to run, run into them and he had gotten fat. But I didn't bring up the fact that he was fat. <laughs> he just brought it up because he knew he was fat. And he should not be fat. And so he was like, oh, I'm fat because, I'm like, why? He said, because I, I was fighting for my child. My, my daughter's mother would not let me see her, or his son, I think. And I haven't seen my son in two, one or two years, and he's now 16, I can't see him. And so what I did was, I just, I couldn't fight no more, so I just became a drunk. Now I just get, I get drunk all the time, I just eat, and I don't work out, I don't do anything. I'm like, yeah, you're pretty fat. And I, but I understand, man. And, and then, so that story happened, and I'm listening to them speak, you know, paying attention to this person talking, and then, I was invited to a, I didn't know where I was going. I thought I was just going to breakfast with someone. They're like, hey, come and let's go out to breakfast. So apparently I was invited to this group that meets once a month or so. And they're real private. They're not on the internet, they're nowhere. They're afraid to even let it be known, right? But this person saw that, you know, they listen to my show, they've been helped a lot and they have forgiven. They thought, well, you'll be a good help. So I went to this meeting, and these men and women of all kind of professions, I mean, intellectually smart people and all that, they had been told during the, you remember there was a time, and it still is, when all those TV shows and the experts was having people get up in the public and tell their business, and you know, I was raped by a cow, or (laughs) 
being all on television and everything, our, and the council tell them, you need to express it, you need to tell it, put it out there, right? I got raped by my cousin, my uncle, my, my uncle raped me, and all kinds of stuff. And then they into other things, things that had taken over their lives. And, and there was a period when the women were, especially the expert women, were encouraging men and women to put their stuff out there in the streets, on TV and everywhere. And they thought that putting it out there was going to help them to stop doing it, stop being that way, that something was going to change. But years went by and no change came for them. But what did happen is that when they put their business out there, everywhere they go, they're being judged. When they go to work, when they, sometimes it's hard for some of them to find jobs now because people already know your business. These are men and women. I was like, not stunned, but I was stunned to be there because I thought I was just going to a, a normal breakfast. And now they have to go underground and trying to work this thing out, how to, how to deal with the attack from the world now that it said, I remember when I, you said this on TV or, oh, I saw you this thing, you were saying that you were slut, you were this and you were gay and you were lesbian and you were drunk. You were, people remember that, sir. And they're being judged. But they thought that when they said it out loud publicly, that they were going to get over it. They thought by putting it out there, it was helping them, but it was hurting. Because they didn't understand the spirit of it. They didn't know they must be born again of the Father. There was something that you had to overcome. And so what I realized, and this went on for an hour or so, the breakfast was delicious, though. <laughs> Onion brown breakfast is the best breakfast. Because they got to give you something. You can't, nobody else know how to help you with the ego, right? <laughs> it was the best breakfast. Mm -hmm. I hope they invite me again. Invite me again just for the food. But what they didn't know is that they had to be born again. Though many of them were Christian, they have heard about being born again, but they had not been born again. They still had anger, and they had identified with the thing that they had put out there. They really thought it was them, yet they were struggling with it, but they thought that they were going to accept it if they went public, that they, it would become a norm, it would be accepted because everybody else into something too. And they are miserable. They're in hiding. And they are amongst the, the people working and stuff, but they're in hiding. Mm. To the point that some of them are even afraid to have a conversation because they don't want to be judged. And then the person that's been fighting for and I that been fighting for his son, when he was telling me about it, as these people when they were talking about it, I realized that it was all for the thrill of it. It was just for the thrill of it. Human beings love thrills. They love telling you their problems and you feel bad for them. They get a good feeling from talking about how hard life is and how rough is. I've been raped. I've been robbed. I've been this and I'm lonely and I'm this. And if you sit there and listen to them, they get high off that. Uh, I love my children, so I fought with the mother in court to try to get them. I'm a father. 
And I love, I, I, I'm supposed to be with my children. It's just for the thrill. They can care less about the children. Fathers who fight for children can care less. And the mother who are fighting to keep the children away from the father can care less about the children. It's all about the thrill of it. When people start talking, the first thing they say, I this and I that. I'm a lawyer. I'm a this. I'm a good this. I'm a good that. It's all for the thrill of it. It's all about the I. It's all about self. Anyone that has anger, I don't care what the situation is, it's all about self. It's never, ever about the other person. It's all about self. It can't help it because, just think about it, the nature of anger is the nature of evil. It's the nature of the devil. So you need a new nature, right? And in your nature, it's all about you. And so fathers who fight for children are not doing it out of love. If they were doing it out of real love, they wouldn't cut the baby in half ever. They're like, okay, take the baby. You can have it. No problem. And 99.9% .9 of the time, if they were not trying to get a false feeling from it, the woman wouldn't take them. Because she only take them because she hate the man. She want to control. She trying to do something to make her ego feel good. And when she know that the man children mean something to him, that's the first thing she's going after. And then your money. And so uh, I want to just say is that what, oh, my assignment this week, you all can test this. First, look at yourself and see that you're all about you. It's all about what I want, how I feel, what I'm going to gain or lose. Or like the young lady was saying, I'm building this mountain, this high mountain. I want credit for it. I ain't giving God no credit. I'm God. I built this. This is my pain. This is my work. This is me. I went to school 50 years for this. It's all about self. It is never about the other person. Never. But we will lie to say it's about the other person because you try to fool the other person, you get what you want, right? But it's never about the other person. That's why we need a brand new nature. We must be born again. Anyone that has anger has the nature of Satan. And in his nature, there's no love. It's all about self. And what I, so what I want you to do this week, just quietly, first of all, see how selfish you are. Don't lie to yourself, even if you don't tell the prayer, I'm being selfish. And leave you be honest about, inwardly, you see that you're saying this thing or doing this thing because you want something from it. You want something from it, even if you want people to think you smart or something. Or you want people to think you're dumb or something. You want something from it. And pay attention to that. And so when you, for one week only, we, well, this time I'm saying one week only, but if you want to take it further, you can. <laughs> when you're dealing with people this week, quietly just watch. And you'll see that this person is talking about what they want for themselves. And nothing to do with nobody else but themselves. Angry people are not for anyone. That's why families don't work, friendships don't work, job ships don't work, family ship don't work, the kids ship. Because it's never about 
the other person. It's impossible to be about that because your nature is wrong. You have an evil nature. You must be born again. And when you're born again of the Father by realizing that you're wrong for hating and you go and forgive, the light comes on. And when the light comes on, it will kill that nature of the devil and give you a brand new nature. It really will. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's, I understand when you say, oh, it just, it's just not the same. It looks like I'm going to die by myself. In reality, you're going to die by yourself anyway. Because even if you had the whole crowd of family members around while you're dying, Lord, I, I'm going to go to Martha's house. She died of cancer. I'm going to take her some chicken. It's Thanksgiving. I'm taking turkey. A little piece of this pie. Martha, how you doing? In reality, you care less about Martha. It just feels good going to see Martha with a piece of pie. And Martha, the dying person, is going to think that you're a good person. But you ain't no good. You're just getting ego feeling from Martha thinking that you're a good person. Ain't that deep? Even, even when you were saying earlier about the husband thing, and I talked to a lot of women, you're not the only one. I don't, I'm trying to hold my husband together. You're trying to hold him together not for him, but for you. You care less about him. <laughs> and if he said, I'm going anyway, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, you start crying. And he'll get a thrill out of you crying over him leaving because it's about him now. And then you're crying, your tears are just about you. There's nothing about the other person. This makes sense a little bit? A little bit. I'm telling get to know yourself, you're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> you are, I love your idea about the radio show, by the way. I got you this thing. It's a, a fantastic idea. If done right, it'll work. But, okay, I saw here first and then here. But there's not one human being walking this earth that cares about another. Your own daddy, your own mama, your own children, your own wife, your own husband. You don't even love the dog. You just think the dog loves you. <laughs> and, it, it, and you're in an animal state with that nature. So you're feeling all this love from the dog and the dog wagging his tail and playing with you, can't wait to eat. <laughs> and you're like, my dog loves me. But anyway, who will, right here first, okay. Um, I think, my question when you said what you said, because I had realized, I had said one Sunday when I was here that I show up in a way that I think people want me to show up. So if I walk into the room and I'm the jokester or I always have something quirky or funny or clever to say, I make sure that I do it. But I realized that wasn't, that wasn't them, that was me. Yes. That was me trying to control how they saw me and thinking and putting it off on them. I've realized how much I put off on other people Yes. and call it them doing it to me. I'm a walking victim of life. Absolutely. Yeah, I've realized <laughs> Every I, human everything being. Is, yeah. is, is, is hurting me or influencing me or, and, and so I'm starting to be conscious of that. Yeah. Um, but I think my question when you said what you said was, 
uh, maybe for the thrill of it, I started to feel really touched and really emotional because I'm thinking to myself, well then how do you love? How is it possible to love someone? How is it possible to love your children without the thrill? How is it possible to love the people in this room because they're fellowshipping and it, it means a lot to me? How do I love if I'm not doing it for the thrill? How do you, how do you separate it? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh. Joel, I want to respond to that question. He black. Um. I think uh, it's a good question. I think it's uh, more so comes down to just doing nothing but just seeing what's in front of you to do in that moment. And I think love is doing the right thing. But not often do we always see what the right thing is to do, so we should do nothing until we see what the right thing is to do. And being absent of that emotion or that attachment um, allows you to make the right decision. So. Love is just doing what you see to do, and then doing it when the opportunity presents itself. You ain't no good. <laughs> You're right, you ain't no good. Stop trying to be. I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay, I will get to that. And then here and here. Yes? And that was actually what I was partially gonna say. I was like, if we're, if we're all that selfish and self-absorbed and everything is about us, then how do you be married? How do you relate to your kids? How do you relate to your friends in a way where it's not about us and getting a thrill, but it is real love? Nice. Say as well. Amazing question. I'll get to that too. Did I see your hand? No, I did not. No. Oh, okay. I saw here. Then. Good question. So I'm at the point where, you know, I don't know what I want or what I'm supposed to be doing career-wise all of it so how and it may be connected to the questions that have already been asked but how do what like what is the answer to settling in that space and not allowing anxiety to come in good question but first let me say this about career-wise don't worry about no career you just do your career just go to work if, you, uh, if you're to style and that's what you do, it's just a job. Be grateful for the job. Yeah, but the thing is, is that, you know, like, in addition to everything else I've said, like, I've also had thoughts of, you know, I freelance and what, you know, I, I enjoy earning income and I enjoy what I, what I do, yet I don't know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And as I sit in it, nothing is happening. You to don't take know. Me if, in another direction. You, so what You don't do know if your career, your job is what you should be doing? Right, because oh. I don't know what, I don't know anything. And I don't, I'm getting to the point, Jesse, where I just feel like I'm emptying out everything. Yeah. And I just, it goes back to what many of us, many people here have said my identity. Is I, I don't I I've, I've I'm losing it you know. And well, I can I want to sell to the first one right now. Okay. The job thing. Okay. You make money from it. Yes. That's what you should be doing. Okay. Making money. All right. That's all the purpose for a job. It's to make money so you can live on Earth. You can buy a house if you want a house. You can buy a, a whatever, right? Buy food. That's the only purpose for a job. And God wants you to have the job. He gave you the, the inability to take care of yourself by 
created something inside of you to get a job rather than relying on the government or somebody to take care of you. But, okay, what I'm saying though is that I feel like time is slipping by and I want to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I don't feel like what I'm doing is it, yet I feel like time is passing by and it's of the essence. And I <laughs> want to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. What are you supposed to be doing? I, I don't know. But, but I, I chose this before I woke up. You chose to do the kind of work you do? Right, I chose it. And well, I'm not I, even sure it's what I'm supposed to is be Is it doing. working? You get paid? You do well? I do, but in my spirit, I, don't f I feel like there's more. More what? For me to do. With that job or a different kind of job? In general. Oh. In a different, maybe a different, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, I feel like oh. time is of the essence. So in the meantime. Why time is of the essence? Because it's going by and I don't want to be doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing in any area. Oh, I got life. it. That's deep. So if there's no such thing as time, how is time going by? Well, in, in reality, though, on this earth, we do live in time. Like people age and people get older and time passes by and you age out of certain things. So in reality, there is no time. How is time going by? But I'm saying in our human experience, there is time, but there isn't. No. Oh, okay. That's just an illusion. That's the problem. Human beings are living in, a, in the world, but they're in an illusion and calling it time and calling it something else. And that's what's making you stress out about that. Think about those things because you're thinking that you're living in time and you're not. Okay. That's where the devil lives and that's where he deceived you in time. That's why God wants you to come out of time into the present where that's real reality and you'll be fine. Yeah, you're caught up with the world. As you're talking, I everything is time for me. Like everything is regimented. Yeah. Like from this point, I'm going to exercise during this time. I'm going to do this. That. So is the silent prayer then the answer to that? Like what is the answer to not looking at time? I'll tell you that in a minute. Very good question. This is so deep. It is. And everybody think alike. Yes, ma'am. Oh, and that was. Did you have your hand? I did, but that was right smack dab on the back of what she just said. I was thinking to myself, if we're not living, you say it all the time. But I'm just like, well, what? I need, I need balance. So if you're saying there's no such thing as time, you swing the pendulum. Where, what is over here? What is over here? Like, oh, where? <laughs> over on the other side of there is no time. Because I think that my mind has to have the, the, the antithesis to evil good. You know, bad. But your mind is up the devil. <sighs> but like she said, but that's like, the problem with the mind. The mind is of the devil. So what is the mind is wicked and deceiving and pretending to be God. What about this is just so random, but what about journaling? Is that is that bad? If you want to do it, do it, but don't call it good or bad. Okay. It's just like read any other book. Okay. Okay. But so the the antithesis of time is the present. Yes. Okay. There's nothing else but now. I promise you, there's nothing else but right now. But you live in an illusion of time, and it just it's, time just seems so essence. It just seems like I ain't got time. I got to find out what else I'm supposed to be doing because I ain't got time. Everybody die. 
<laughs> and I totally understand. That's how my mind works. Yeah, and then Doug want to comment. But okay, so we—is it even possible for someone to live a life where there's no time? Like you go, like I, I have to be at a at a job at this time, so I factor in the time. Well, I'm going to have lunch at this time, so I fat, so I'm in time. And then what do I do? Step out of time? Is it practical time and time that's not practical? Like, how do you make the distinction? How do you jump in and out? If of time? I know I got to be at this studio by five, I'm gonna get up and, and be at the studio by five. I'm not limited in it. I just got to be because we have a physical schedule to function on this earth, but it's not something I need to live in. That's practical. I get here on time to meet with Sean to go over the package. Be in the studio at six, do the show, and just whatever next for me to do my appointment, do the appointment, but I'm not all caught up with it. It's just happening. Okay. Because it's a, it's a practical schedule to function on earth. But I just don't understand how you can be in time during that time, <laughs> but then when you're not in that time, and time you're not in time. And time won't give me time. <laughs> But time ain't love us feel, and they got time. Oh man, I wish I wasn't hoarse. I would definitely harmonize with you. You right got now. nothing but time. That used to be my jam. I know. Uh, you want to respond to that? Please. And then, yes, you. What is going on in this conversation? However, <laughs> what I'm realizing is that you can't control the present. You can control time. You can calendar, you can schedule, you can ensure that you're gonna be here or that people know that they're supposed to be here. But you can't control the present. And you're not even controlling the schedule thing either. You gotta be there at nine o'clock. If you're not there at nine, the show goes on. That's true. Right, so you're not even controlling that. We can't control anything. That is true, and I think that's one of the reasons. I do the same thing, and I'm not I, even good at it. I try all the time, and I'm always missing things, but I'm like, I'm gonna write that down, and I'm gonna be amazing this week. Um, but that's just me wanting to be in control Absolutely. and wanting to influence something. Every evil nature want to be in control and want to, influence, <gasps> want to be God. <laughs> Doug wanted to come at then and here. What did I want to comment on? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I hear most is that people are want to people are trying. Not people. Let's talk about you. Do you do the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's make it personal today. All right. You can relate in what way? The story then. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to talk about what other people want to do. I was trying to figure out what you want me to comment on. Um, yeah, I mean, I can relate to just about everything. All kind of thoughts go through, you know, you're, you're not good. You're not good enough for this. You're, your student's going to shoot you. You're, you know, I, I go through all that stuff. He done, he's a trainer. They're like, what's new? Yeah. So okay. It's, it's, but one thing I think I've realized is that it's painful to keep thinking about that stuff. It it's is. It's painful for it's hell. to like live off those thoughts. And I, 
once I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happens all the time. But I, I just, luckily, I'm able to now at least see that it's a thought. And I would never think that of my. Why would I ever think those things, right? Right. I, I've heard you say that, but really. I'm trying to get y'all to go deeper. That's me. I I do the little thing about four minutes. Maybe this will help them, and maybe this will help, right? But I, that's all you got to say. Anything else? Because of time. <laughs> <laughs> but you can like relate. It. You can relate. Duh, you can relate to what you hear, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So I just had a quick question, since we're talking about time and what's practical, what's not, and what's thoughts, etc. So, like, for example, um, something that I think about a lot, like, in our business, is it... Would you consider it a practical thought, like a lot of the time, like I'm organizing the calendar and the clients and different things like that, that I'm always thinking two months ahead or four months ahead. Would you consider that like a practical thought to be able to run your business? Like yes. I'm, I'm thinking in three weeks time, we need to hit X, Y, Z in six months time. If we can, we want to hit this goal. But then the day to day kind of operations, I'm trying to just let it flow and not trying to control anything. But is that considered practical? If you, let's say that, um, I know you gotta do wedding things, right? Mm -hmm. And you got six months of wedding coming up. Mm -hmm. And you wanna plan them so they'll, you have a schedule that you wanna follow, mm -hmm. but don't become that schedule. Don't identify with it, don't think that this is me, the schedule. You're just doing practical things by outlining a schedule so you can do things on time. <coughs> Sean made, we, we're building this radio network, so Sean made put on paper the different shows we already have. So when I am talking about it, I look at a piece of paper and I remember mm -hmm. Nick is on at the same time, hate his on, this is on. But I don't, I'm not identifying with it. Once I say it, I'm done with it for now. But as regards to like the growth, like just to say you want your business to grow. No, you... don't ever think about that. Okay. Don't ever think about the growth because if you do the right thing about it, put the time in and the effort and just do it, it's mm -hmm. going to grow. And if it doesn't grow, it's going to grow into something else that's even better. But last, last thought, um, sometimes I get like a lot of ideas about different things that I think would be really good to implement. Is that just me being in my thoughts or is that what's being revealed to me? Not if it's practical thought. Like, we can take better pictures if we got this kind of camera. We can take better pictures if we had it over here or if I had the groom and the bride stand here. Nothing wrong with that, okay. if that's what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Cool. That makes sense? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Practical thoughts is just physical, a physical way of living in the, in the world. That's fine. God gave you the ability to have that. He really did. Okay. Let me take here for, yes. Uh, Jesse, this is very deep. I was kind of exploring this time thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I'm going to do some more exploring with it. But, like, isn't heaven supposed to be, like, eat? Eternity, right? Right. So in eternity, there is no time. Right. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just, I don't know. I'm just still exploring that thing. And even like when you're doing a silent prayer, you're really not, you're, you're not, you're not supposed to be thinking about the time. So you're kind of in heaven, so to speak. Yeah. But anyway. You scared so, to say that? Um, no, it's just, like I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to word it the right way. Or You're whatever. doing fine. Um, and also, we were what talking. What did you say about in heaven? Um, 
I mean, isn't that what, what this is all about? Like, I mean, we don't have any scientific evidence that when we die, it's going, we're going to, you know, ascend up to the clouds and be there. So maybe I wouldn't like, wait on that. Either. Right. So when you say, <laughs> when, when you say, you're going to be looking up at the clouds, when you say you can be in heaven right now, that's what you're saying, right? Like, yes. Okay. That's, that's, that's. That was my when point. When you're living in no time, you're living in heaven. Right, exactly. Okay. Right here on earth. And uh, that. When you're living in time, you're living in hell. Absolutely. Right here on earth. And when you die, if you die living in time, you're, in, you're going to stay in hell. And ain't no way out. Okay. You got a chance now to get out of hell while you live. But if you die living in heaven, you'll be in heaven. Absolutely. And um, uh, lastly, uh, we were talking uh, about love. And what I found in my relation, my past relationships with women, when um, when they used to say "I love you," um, I knew that uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, I knew that something was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or it was. That's uh, right. Or the end was coming soon. <laughs> and, that um, is so true, man. And and that's why I, I hesitate. <laughs> and it, they, I know they. They usually said it in, as a form of control, like, I love you, so you gotta, yeah. you're obligated to do what I want you to do. Absolutely. So it was, it's just a weird thing that I noticed. But even when men say, I yes. love you to a woman, it's the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, yes. It's everyone. I love you. I'm only me. You gotta do what I want you to do. It ain't gonna work no other way. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say that. That's it. Amazing. Nice. Yes, sir. I just wanted you to give your thoughts on that question. We had a couple of really good questions today. Um, the other question, how do you love without getting the thrill? Nice. So first of all, without a doubt, Sean, did you want input on this? He white. Uh, Sean is like real white. James said he's Irish. Are you Irish? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's real white. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think I have any input. I don't really have okay. any Okay. First of all, there's not one human being on earth that has love. Anyone that has anger don't have love, but your nature is not of love. It's an imitation of what the devil makes you think love is. But you have no love to give. You don't have love. It's only when you're born again, your heart changed from anger to, to love, which is the nature of God living in you, and he will love through you. But your nature got to change too so you can overcome all that stuff, and it will if you stay with it. And when your nature changes, you now have the nature of God, and God's nature is all love. And when you, when you, with all human beings, no matter who they are, what they're into, what they have done, what a what a what. Matter of fact, that meeting I went to the other this, the other morning, there were men there and women there that were dressing, acting like men and women. They thought that's who they were until they found out they wasn't. Because they had been fighting against it. They were fighting against the devil getting deeper into hell, believing that was them. But you don't have love to give at all. And no one has love to give you. And when you have God's love, there is no thrill in it because there is no judgment about it. There is no opinion about it. You don't, it's not neither good nor bad or anything. And you don't feel it. You just no longer have judgment of anything or anyone. 
as God is not judging us. God doesn't have one iota of a judgment upon us at all because in reality, we're all free of all sin. You've just been told that you're not. And the only sin you ever were guilty of was your unwillingness to stop playing God by forgiving so you can stop planning and having ideas and judging yourself and other people. You were unwilling to forgive. So you get the thrill from love by not having a thrill, which is the nature of God. And love, you know how these people throw out the love word? I love you, I love you, okay, bye, I love you. All they're saying is, I hate you. This is for me, it ain't about you. It just feels good to tell you I love you. Tell your mama you love her now. And the kid's like, okay, mama, I love you, but I, I, I wish you had to ask for it. <laughs> but you don't have love to give. When you overcome that abnormal nature, the thrill is gone. No more thrill. Because the nature of God is not about thrill because it's not our love. And you know that. And it's not something you feel, you can taste it or touch it. You just live in the present. You live by it. You live by it. And the way you overcome all this mess is to know when Joel was saying that how you, he was trying to be good, right? That was just an idea. It was just a thought. It was just a thought. And then the world, including your parents, have built all this emotion stuff around a thought. But if he just saw it as a thought, he would just let it pass, and it would be nothing left. You got to overcome thoughts. A thought is just a thought until you make something of it. Sometimes I have to yell at my employees and I can tell the ones that are taking serious because they start overreacting to it. Oh, he's saying I can't do anything right. He's saying this, but that's not what I'm saying. But the thought of what I said told them that because it's based on the world. It's based on perception of what I should be and what I should do. And instead of realizing that, people feed into it more than to realize, you know, I just had a thought and I'm sitting here building this. This is not me. You are not your thoughts. You're not your feelings. You're not this. You're not that. You're nothing. You don't even exist. The thought of you existing is just a thought. Get rid of the thought. We should not be thinking about anything or feeling anything. <laughs> if somebody gets sick, you don't need to feel their pain because they're sick. It's enough to just see that they're sick. What good is it doing you to feel something about it? It's enough to, if I call you up and say, oh, Lord, my mama died this morning. And, and, and immediately you're going to, oh, baby, I'm so sorry to hear that. You're lying. Why can't I tell you my mother died this morning? You're like, oh, okay, where's the funeral? May her soul rest in peace. Why you got to feel something about it? Yes. Because the world tells you you're supposed to be compassionate. Now you got to overcome the world. That's right. That's what in the world. And that's why every human being going through the same thing 
repeating the same thing, doing the same thing, having the same kind of feelings and thought because they're of the world. The world is hell. The world is not heaven. That's why now that you're waking up, all your phony friends, your phony family members, your phony relationships, they're disappearing because you're overcoming the world. And it feels like dying, and it is, but it's the death of the ego. You're overcoming the world. And that's nothing we can make happen, but the light of the Father is causing that to happen by getting us to stay with him in the present. Pray without ceasing. I tell people to pray all the time. Most people don't do the silent prayer. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I was in a hurry. Oh, I thought I didn't need it anymore. You thought. I thought I had made it. You thought. And every time you think, and you hold on to those thoughts, you listen to the devil. That's why I said sit for four minutes in a room. Do your silent prayer. Don't stop that. You get so many thoughts coming. And if you're just watching them, not even expecting them, they'll just go by. They're just thoughts with no meaning. If something happened 100 years ago, it's just a thought. It has no meaning if you just let it pass. You are not your thoughts. You are nothing. You don't even exist. <laughs> You're just an illusion. You are an illusion. A mess. And there, and, and, and never, ever, ever again ask, how long is this going to last? This is so painful. How long is it going to last? It's going to last a lifetime. You get to the point where you love working on yourself. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Because layers and layers of death is happening. And life is coming by, coming forth. It's a lifetime work. Don't just work on it. And when you're tired of working, work some more. When you're tired, like, I can't go on. I feel, I feel like letting this just go. Work some more. It's working. I remember when we had to chop the field to plant the, we had plant the cotton already, and then the grass started growing, go out there and chop it. And then it would be so hot, it would be like almost noon. <laughs> and we'd be wanting to stop. It's like, it's too hot. Mama would be like, it's almost 12 o'clock. Come on, let's get the other three rows of cotton. Right? And you look up and down the road, and they're like, they're miles away. <laughs> I'm like, by the time I get here, it's going to be 20 hours. I'll be dead. <laughs> but you, you know, I had a, uh, I used to work out with a friend of mine, and he told me that when you do that last weight lift, it's going to be the heaviest one. Do it anyway. That's the one that's working. Y'all ever heard that before? Yes. That last one that you push up, uh, that's the one that's working. So when you get tired of working on your life and just feel like you want to work some more, do that last push up. It's working. You're nothing. You're living in an illusion. And for me to be saying this, I'm black and slow. <laughs> I never matter I'll be saying that. I didn't even know you're supposed to know this. The Father's showing me. I do the silent prayer. When thoughts come now, they pass. When people say and do what they want, it doesn't even move me. I don't even think about it. And that's what's going to happen when you stop thinking. You're going to stop thinking about all this mess. Because they're not from God. And they're not from you. It's just a thought. Because when you think on them, you're going to overreact in the wrong way. 
you'll call it good or bad. But it's not you. So when challenge, the Bible says, when tribulation, tribulation worketh patient, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you're feeling these things. Because you're going to see that it's not you. And you're going to die. It's going to die. And you'll live. So when pain comes, when people talk about you, and life seems rough, and you're lonely, and you're all this and that, and you count it all joy, because you're going to see that that's not you if you work on yourself. Most people think that it is them, and they'll take medication. So three people want to have the last word, and then we're done. Now, yes, ma'am. Here and there. I don't know what to say. Um, it's a lot of work. It, it is, is a, a lot, lot of work. work. It's a lot of work to be nothing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's funny, but it's true. It's a lot of work to be nothing. Because you're nothing no way. And as soon as you accept it, the fear you come. So don't try to be good. Don't try to be bad. Don't try to be righteous. Don't try to be a Christian. Don't try to be anything. When you stop trying, you're free. As long as you try, you're enslaved. You don't need to try to be anything. That makes sense? Yes. So stay with it. Yes, ma'am. Um, I, I feel like I'm hearing what you're saying with a fresh set of ears nice. right now. And, um, and I appreciate it. I, one thought did come to mind earlier. This is before you started saying what you're saying now. And it was the thought that it's sad, but I'm not really sad, but for the sake of conversation, right. that there are so many people who are unaware of this. And I think what's happening in the world is that people are maneuvering about life not knowing this, and they're fighting for their children, and they're fighting for Palestine or Israel, and they just don't know. Right. They just don't know, and, I, and that, that is another thing that I'm like, how do we, like, I wish that, you know, I don't know, I just wish people could know because the majority don't. But I appreciate what you said, and I feel like something landed differently. In, in what you just said for the last like five to ten minutes. And you will get away from, I know what you mean for the conversation people, but you're going to get away from wanting other people to know. You're going to look at them, you don't care less than they know. Oh, they suffer, that's what they want. You're going to see that clearly, and you will not have the desire for them to know or not to know, because you will see that they, they, get, they are getting what they want. They want their hell, they're getting their hell. But do you think they really want to? I didn't want my hell. I just That's why know. you sought for something else. Okay. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. If they didn't want their hell, they would seek for something else. Okay. Mm. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. They, don't, they love their hell. Yeah. So don't feel sorry about people being in hell. You think. <laughs> You think God missed one nap because you're in hell? You think God missed one nap because your babies are dying? Or the children are dying? Or what about the violence? What about the rape? What about, you think God care about that? He doesn't even think about it. 
But in your fallen state, you do because you're worshiping the devil. It, it brings on a thrill. So this week, watch all your little thrills and let them pass. And once you watch them and let them pass, then they will. You're going to see them in others too. Everybody got a thrill. And one last thing about what you're saying, you're going to stop taking sides. Don't try to make it happen. It's going to happen naturally. You're going to be in this world and you're not going to stay side with family members, the war in Israel and Palestine or nowhere else with all this suffering and all. You're not going to take side with the abortion people or pro-abortion or anti-abortion. It's just a mess. It's hell on earth. This is hell on earth. You could either be in heaven on earth or you could be in hell on earth. But you got to come out of your illusion if you want to be in heaven. Yes, ma'am. I didn't have a question. <laughs> but you're going to tell me, did this help or not at all? Um, yeah, I would definitely say just, for me, just keeping my mind with my body and not trying to drift in and out in my thoughts, but just trying to stay right here. Yeah. And I think for women as a whole, I think it can be extra tough in trying to overcome because I, I feel like we have a lot more mess in a sense. Yeah, that's because Satan is a woman's God. Yeah. So she's closer to hell. Yeah. And that's something the woman is, the gates of hell is the female. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wondering, I saw it in Israel, but I didn't realize it following me around. Yeah. So just sit in your pain, you know. Yeah. The gates of hell come through the woman. Ooh, that hurt, huh? <laughs> but you can overcome the gates of hell by returning to the Father. And just see it, as she was saying, you got to. The ego doesn't want you to see it because it's the nature of the devil. But the moment you see it, it starts to change if you don't fight it. If you don't call it you. Alright? So, the assignment is when you talk to people this week, watch their thrill. But first watch your own thrill so you can see other people's thrill. Good. The ones that are all happy, the ones that are all mad, the ones that are complaining, the ones that are sad, oh, pitiful me. Watch their thrill. Alright? Just watch it like, whoa, she got a, he got a thrill. He wants you to feel sorry for him. One quick last word. Just one quick thing. We, we, in our house, we'd be laughing all the time because we'd be, like, he'll say something nice and I'll be like, oh, I just got a thrill. We'd be doing it to each other. like It's like a running joke in our house. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So watch the thrill. Just watch. And I'm doing this so you can pay attention to what's happening inside of you. I literally think I pay attention to what's happening in me and I love it now. I love it because I see it's not me. I see it's not me. And things will happen out there to you. Or they, act, they think they're hurting you, but they're hurting themselves. And you will feel or think nothing about it. And it's going to be like, whoa. And you will have paradise on earth. And next week, I'm I'm going to tell y'all how everybody lie. <laughs> everybody is a liar. If I named some lies in this room, you wouldn't come back. You're like, I thought Jesse was nice. He just called me a liar. I wish I could tell you now how to watch a liar. But we'll save you for next week. I'll give you one time. Remind me. There's not one human being on earth that's not a liar.
<laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. But anyway, I had to go. Do you have a I have a brand new biblical question. What is this, Sean? Uh, what distinguishes you from other people? What distinguishes you from other people? As a doozy. Anything that me you've heard today you disagree with? Oh, okay. It's deep. You're going to love it. You disagree with something? No, no, no. Oh, but don't really, I ask for disagree. <laughs> Put down that joint. No, I'm playing. So listen, we're out of time, way out of time. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, oh, thank you for helping us uh, with the equipment stuff. We're going to tell you how much we got on Tuesday. Become Monday, we'll see how much came in. But we're going to really upgrade our computers and the radio equipment and all that. Thank you so much for helping that. But I shouldn't have to tell you, I know that was special help, but you should give naturally if you're getting help, dummies. <laughs> Don't like when you help, you like want to be able to help others. You, you should have to ask and you shouldn't need a pat on the back and you shouldn't be, need to be telling how much you gave. In secret, do it in secret. God will bless you. It really will. It'll pour out a blessing. But anyway, thank you for that. We'll tell you Tuesday what we're doing. And what else? Any announcement, Nick? Come here, Nick, real fast. Go ahead. Right here. Real fast. Real, you coming real fast. Yeah, up here? Yeah. Can they see you on camera right here? No, I don't think so. Oh, you're watching so right here, yeah. Doesn't Nick look like that guy? He shaved his beard. He got all the curly hair, no beard. He looked like that guy that saying, "Don't cry for me, Argentina." Huh? One of those people. Amazing. Oh yeah, he looked like El Chapo. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. Think about the assignment. I mean, and watch. Don't y'all have to say anything, but. Watch it in you first, your thrills. Thrill of happiness, thrill of sadness, thrill of fear, thrill of loneliness, thrill of anger, thrill of something. And watch it, all right? And then watch it in others. It's going to blow your mind. Thank you all. Don't forget, we'll do your super test tomorrow. And your tithe and offering, go to rebuildingaman.com. I do appreciate it. And I hope this helped a little bit. Get on a straight and narrow by yourself. You can't take anyone with you. You got to do it alone. All right. Thank you all. Thank you all. Amazing fellowship today. Nice. <laughs>